0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 98 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today we're going to be talking about June garden chores. Nobody likes chores. We all dreaded chores growing up, right? And it's it's no different when you're older, though I will argue that there is a benefit to garden chores. It's hard work, but it's still relaxing, and June is when the chores kind of start to pile up if you don't keep up with them. So they're really important to kind of know what they are, when you should be doing them, why you should be doing them, and to kind of jump on them as soon as you notice they need to be done. So that's what we're talking about today. But first, a word from our sponsor. So I remember back when I was a brand new gardener And I remember thinking that June was honestly kind of a hard month because June was when if seedlings were going to kick the bucket or not come up, this was around the time they did it, either that or they did it before and you're feeling a little bit discouraged. Or June is kind of when things are kind of just starting to really grow and you're not really, depending on what you're growing anyway, you're not really harvesting anything yet. So it's kind of like a wait and see month, like wait and see what survives, (laughs) wait and see what is going to actually produce anything. So I feel like in addition to just like staying on top of things, June garden chores are just like something that's really good to keep you busy and keep you from focusing on your failures and keep you from over futzing with plants because by and large plants want to be left alone to do their thing. So they can be just really helpful in in a couple different ways. You know, I can't promise they'll make everything better, but it'll help you pass the time and it will definitely give your plants kind of a leg up in the rest of the growing season. So first June chore would be to give survivors some extra love. So here's the great thing about gardens. For every plant that dies an untimely death in the jaws of a rabbit or fails to fruit according to your expectations, there's probably another plant in your garden that's doing pretty fabulously, all things considered. Find it or them, you know, hopefully there's more than one, and make sure their needs are being met. So for instance, tomato plants should be on their way to maturity in June. They should be taking off from when you first transplanted them, starting to grow taller. Make sure that they're getting enough water. And if you notice that they're starting to blossom, Give them a little fertilizer boost because probably I would say by mid to late June, they tend to start showing blossoms and fertilizing when any plant blossoms, when it's kicking into reproductive mode is a really good way to boost your overall harvest down the line. A little fish fertilizer like diluted in water applied as like a foliar spray now or watered into the soil at root level could help make sure that harvest time is extra plentiful. If you're growing potatoes, you know, by this time, they should be more than halfway through the season and they should be ready for hilling if you haven't done that already. If you're not sure what hilling is and you're growing potatoes, make sure you go back and you listen to that episode on hilling potatoes, what it does and does not do. Grab some mulch or straw and start piling it up around the stems until just the very tops of leaves are poking through. I promise the rest of the plant, you know, will survive. It will get enough photosynthesis. Don't worry. The next chore, keep weeding. I know weeding is not anyone's favorite thing to do, but this time of year, it's pretty high up there on the list in terms of important things to stay on top of. With the rising heat, weeds are going to take off like a shot and be towering over your plants before you know it. They start out a little and cute and seemingly manageable, but like in a week's time, they can more than double in size. And the bigger they get, the more nutrients they take from the soil and the more they compete with your plants nearby. So those are nutrients that your plants could be getting instead that are going to weeds. So make it a point to go out. If not every day, that's maybe a little excessive unless you're bored and you just like being out in your garden and hey, by all means do it. But maybe every other day and scour your garden beds for anything growing where it shouldn't be. If you've got the time and the patience, pick out even the smallest weeds you find. It'll save you time later when you'll want to be harvesting. If you don't have the time and patience, you know what, it's fine. I would say at least you should be weeding once a week. The third chore for June, and it's, okay, I'm calling this a chore, but it's more of like a, select and then wait and watch type of thing. But letting things go to seed would be the third chore for June. By this time, stuff like salad greens are likely, mm, they're on their way out. They're pretty well spent by now and have sent up flowers. I know my mustard greens and my arugula are sending up flowers. I'm sure that my spinach in about a couple more weeks is not going to be far behind Watch for flowers to wilt and dry out so that you can collect seeds for next year. Collecting seeds, and I'm going to be posting an episode all about letting things go to seed and collecting seeds and some of the really easy specimens to do this with um, in a couple weeks, but collecting seeds for for leafy greens and herbs is pretty enjoyable when it comes to June garden chores. It's almost kind of zen-like. Keep an eye out for that podcast episode that's coming up, but until then, you know what? If you have like a really great plant specimen, it's produced really well, it's been really healthy, disease-free, I would say definitely dog-ear that particular plant for saving seeds from unless it was a hybrid plant if it was a hybrid plant if you guys listen to the podcast episode on the difference between heirloom and hybrid plants you know that hybrid seeds don't breed true to the plant that they came from you can really only save seeds from things that were heirloom so just remember that the next June chore check your mulch Seeing as how you're about to enter the hottest part of the season, and where I live, July and August is just ugh, gross, sweaty, swampy hot. You might want to make sure that the, the soil around your plants has enough coverage or still has enough coverage to keep it from getting baked during the drier parts of the year. So, all through May, We have gotten a ton of rain where I live, but you know what? I know that that's probably about to stop. It's the same thing every year, and you really need mulch to keep your soil from drying out super fast, to keep your shallow-rooted plants like nice and happy and cool. And if you mulched your growing beds in February or March, chances are things have broken down a little bit, or if you mulch with straw, things have blown around or blown away. So give each of your beds a once over, look for any places you can see the soil. You know, now that you've got plants transplanted and growing nice and well, you can go ahead and, and mulch pretty pretty nice and solid around them. Of course, I will say the only problem you might have when mulching really deep is getting water down to the soil level. So if you mulch really deep at that point, you're going to want to make sure that you are kind of watering right next to the stem. So it goes right down into the soil and just not on top of the mulch. In that case, you know what? Water might not ever reach the soil. It'll just get sucked up by the straw or the hardwood or whatever it is that you're using for mulch. So be aware of that. You wanna water at soil level or underneath the mulch if you can. That's another reason why I prefer straw. I can pull it out of the way really easy if I need to, to water. The next chore would be to get your pruning shears out and get to pruning. If you've planted herbs, you need to make sure that you're pruning them often. By pruning early and often, you encourage them to grow kind of out and bushy instead of up, which means one, more yummy leaves for meals throughout the season, and two, it means that they're going to flower a lot later in the season. It's going to keep them from flowering. You should also, if you believe in pruning your tomato plants, not everybody does and that's perfectly okay, but if you want to prune your tomato plants, this is when you should do it. June is about the time when they start growing taller, when they're about, I would say, 18 inches tall. I like to keep the branches tidy and help focus the plant's energy towards, you know, producing fruit that's at the top of the plant. I also find, as I have said in my episode on tomato plant care and growing tomatoes, I just find that it helps keep soil bacteria off of the lower leaves of the plant. If I prune those lower branches off. You can also take this time to prune spring or early summer flowering perennials since at this point they're probably looking kind of raggedy from storms that have rolled through. Prune any spent flower heads. Depending on the type of flower, maybe even prune farther back. This will encourage new growth and for some might even you know promote a second bloom. It depends on the plant for sure. The next chore, if you're into it, is to work on your lawn. So I would love to not have a monoculture lawn. In other words, a grass lawn. I would love to have like a prairie lawn that's just full of wildflowers and tall grass, but I can't because I live in a, a suburban neighborhood with an HOA. So I have to have a monoculture, and that means like, you know, one type of grass lawn. And, you know, the people around you judge you on how many dandelions and how, you know, whether you have crabgrass in your yard or nutgrass. So if that's you, if you're in the same boat as me, take a walk around your yard. If you don't want to treat with herbicides, and I don't, you can try using boiling water or straight up vinegar on clumps of weed, like I just mentioned, like dandelions and crabgrass and nutgrass. I honestly, though, I have a tendency to go around with a a weed digger, a weed puller, and pull those things up instead of using boiling water or straight vinegar. I honestly find it's it's just as easy, and then I'm I'm not kind of like wasting water. But I leave my dandelions in the backyard for the bees, despite what Mr. Bee says. Ha ha ha. Uh nut grass is easy to spot since it grows, I swear, it grows like five times the rate that the rest of the lawn does. And it's usually like a bright green color compared to the dark green that you're used to seeing in your grass. And it's really, really easy to pick out by hand, especially right after a rain. It's kind of tedious, but it's kind of worth it to keep it from getting out of control. And if you mow your lawn yourself like we do, it keeps your lawn looking nicer for a little bit longer. Pay special attention to areas next to sidewalks, curbs, and patios. Weeds love the heat that concrete gives off and they tend to congregate there. Related, uh, but on the other side of the coin, make sure that shrubs and trees are getting enough water and fertilize them if you haven't done so this year, especially if it's a fruit bearing tree that is starting to kind of ripen fruit, make sure it's getting enough food, make sure it's getting enough water. Fruit trees need a lot of water. Anything that you planted, if you planted a new shrub, if you planted a new tree a little earlier in the spring, definitely make sure that it's getting enough water because its roots can't go as deep and as far as a mature tree. So it can't get down, you know, where the water table is and and really get to that water that's deep down in the ground. So you need to make sure that you're watering it. Inspect trees and shrubs for fungus, mold, or pests. You can prune off any water spouts that have popped up. So those are like the teeny tiny sort of twigs that kind of just grow straight up out of the ground at a tree's base or off of the trunk or off of a limb. You can just Cut those off. It's not going to hurt the tree. You know, this time of year, you can pretty much prune a mature tree anytime you want, but especially tiny little water spouts like that, you can just cut them off. It's not going to hurt anything. Just do make sure that you use a pair of clean, sharp shears so that you are lowering the risk of introducing any sort of fungus or bacteria to the tree. The next tour. Plant something new, which is not really a chore, I guess. It's kind of fun, but it's still something you can do. So believe it or not, there are some things that actually like being planted in early summer or they benefit from being planted in early summer. Winter squash is one of them. So butternut squash, acorn squash, pumpkins, all of these things. I talked about how in a couple episodes ago, about squash bugs, how you can actually benefit by planting these things in early June, because the soil is going to be really warm, and the seeds are going to germinate really fast, but squash bugs, you will miss the whole first generation of squash bugs if you plant your squash now, and you'll still have plenty of time for things to mature by the first cold snap the first frost in october or you know november whenever it is that your your usda hardiness zone experiences its first frost and any flowers your local nursery is selling in june are likely to be heat tolerant i mean do a little bit of research first to make sure but pick up a few blooms to add to the landscape or to the garden you might even pick a few that are traditionally used for organic pest control as companion plants like marigolds and see how they fare honestly I know it's really disappointing when seedlings that you put out fail or seeds that you sow fail to sprout or they sprouted and then something came along and ate it but you can still use that empty space. You can plant squash, you can plant flowers. It doesn't have to lay there empty all season just because something failed. And I guarantee you, you'll be a lot happier looking at that than an empty space that reminds you of that failure. So just a little tip, cause I've been there. The next tip, clean your tools and pots. Oh man. I'm so, so guilty of this. Like, If you start your seedlings at home, chances are your seed starting area is a wreck. I know because mine always is this time of year. And if you're planning some succession planting in July, so I have my fall broccoli and cauliflower, cabbage, sprouts, all that stuff. I started it last weekend, actually a couple weekends ago. And I have that going and it's a lot easier to get that stuff going when your seed starting area is not a mess. So this might be you too. What what usually happens is I plant out my my spring seedlings and then I kind of just let the dirty seed starting trays like pile up in my seed starting area in my basement. And they just sit there and they get all crusty and gross. Um, So it's actually, it's still sitting there. This is a June chore that I I need to tell myself to do. Honestly, if you do it now, it's going to make getting through the rest of the year much easier. It's going to make your succession planting much easier. For seed starting trays, pots and trays, I recommend a 30-minute soak in a sink full of warm water and some distilled vinegar. So the warm water kind of just helps dislodge the crusty dirt cause you let it sit there for weeks and then the acidity from the vinegar will kill any sort of lingering bacteria or fungus. And then obviously soaking just makes it way easier to scrub. You don't even need to use a sponge. You can kind of just use your hand at that point and just rub the really tough stuff off. For gardening tools, you know what, if you've used your spade several times, if you've used your shears a few times, Never hurts to kind of give them a quick cleaning, give them, give the joints, the nut and bolt that kind of holds them together, a quick oil with some mineral oil just to keep them moving nice and smooth and cleaning the blades to keep the blades nice and sharp and not sticky and gross. And, you know, like I said earlier, introducing fungus and mold and bacteria to, to other plants as you go along throughout the garden. I know cleaning is, is nobody's favorite chore, Um but it's definitely important. Finally, and you know what? Also, this is not a chore, but this is the best time to do it. Take a vacation. So especially if you have planted a bunch of fruit and vegetable plants, June is when you want to take a vacation. Because like I said at the beginning of the podcast, June is a wait and see month. That can be part of what makes it frustrating, but like It's also really liberating if you do all these chores, you've checked your weeds, you've checked all your plants for for problems, you've fertilized everything, you've watered everything. That is the perfect time to get away. If you're worried about anything like strawberries or raspberries, you're worried about the birds getting to them, you're worried about them, you know, getting to a fruit tree or something like that. Put pest netting up if it gives you peace of mind. If you're going to be gone for more than a week, ask a neighbor or a family member to stop by and water for you while you're gone. Otherwise, you know what? There's really nothing else to do except sit and watch things grow. So you might as well go and like enjoy yourself and go do something different. And when you get home, there's a pretty good chance your garden will be exploding with new leaves buds and maybe the beginnings of some ripening fruit and that excitement will carry you through the rest of the season and get you through the really hard stuff. So, those are all of my recommendations for June chores in the garden. In the next episode, uh you know how I said I was going to have a podcast episode about letting things go to seed in the garden and collecting seeds. Well, apparently that's the next episode now that I'm looking at my content calendar. Uh, so that is what is on deck next week. And I'm really excited to talk about it because I, I probably say this, you probably heard me say this about a, a bunch of things, but this is one of my favorite things to do in the garden is is collecting um, and storing seeds from my heirloom plants. So I'm going to be telling you about the easiest plants to do this with, you know, that that aren't your traditional you know, fruits, things that have seeds inside them, they, they grow their seeds more on like pods. And I'm going to be giving you collection tips. I'm going to be giving you storage tips for your seeds once you've collected them. Lots and lots of good stuff in the next episode. So until then, thank you so very much for listening. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.